this morning and I give honor to everybody that's already taken part in the service before me. The pastor's already welcomed all of you and I echo that along with him today. I believe that God is building his church even in the midst of everything that's happening around us. We've taken the last few weeks to discuss that. Jesus' promise was that he would build his church and that the gates of hell would not, shall not prevail against it. We've taken a few weeks to discuss what we believe, taken a few weeks to make sure we understand what we believe. And I believe that God is going to talk to us for a few moments this morning and continue to challenge, challenge us through his word. If you'd stand together with me. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 6 declares this. It says that God, it said, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. Someone say intercede. Intercede. Intercede is a powerful promise. It's a powerful product of a, a church that God is building in this end time, in these end days. And I'm so glad to be a part of a church that's in the midst of that occurring. How many know that's happening here? How many know that's happening now? It's happening more than just beyond, uh, in, in this room, it's happening beyond our walls. And we're so grateful for that. And uh, we're in a, a physical building program right now, and uh, that, that, that requires a lot of work on behalf of so many people. I want to thank our, our tech team. Could you give them thanks this morning? Just a little hand clap of thanks. Um, navigating and negotiating everything every week, trying to get everything set back up. I told somebody on Wednesday night, he said, I know how it feels for those folks that are in home missions now that have to set up for every single service and make adjustments and and uh, it just, it's flowing along, and we're so grateful for that. Somebody said to me uh, uh, last week, they said, I, I hope that your life insurance is in good shape with all this staging over top of Kathy. <clears throat> I said, oh, don't worry, I checked. I, I didn't check the life insurance, I checked the staging. But Kathy kind of gave me that little funny look, like when I said, oh, don't worry, I checked. Everything's paid up things in order. No, we're, we're grateful for that. And thank you for your giving on, on a Friday evening to our great missionaries. And uh, I, I got a chuckle after service. Brother Cisco ended his sermon. We sang, peace of God, cover me, cover me. We were singing that. How many remember that song that we were singing? Well, Emily and Ryan were at home and <laughs> grandbuddy's granddaughter was around the house. She was singing, peace of God, clobber me. Uh, clobber me well sometimes we step into a, the room like this and it feels like we may have just got clobbered everything's kind of well thank you for just stepping past all that and worshiping I feel the presence of the Lord here this morning I'm so glad God's building his church if you're thankful for that would you just kind of put a little prayer on what God's going to say through the preaching this morning Father we stand before you with great confidence not in ourselves but God we have great confidence in you today our hope, our trust rests in you. And I'm thankful for the opportunity that you present to us in this day, in this age, that we would bind together as believers and see your promise released into our world. God, I ask that someone would understand 
what they possess. God, I ask that someone would understand what they've received. I, I pray this morning that someone would understand just exactly who they are in the kingdom of God today. I ask that this word would flow freely into hearts that are prepared. Let's see land and soil ready to germinate. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Would someone say amen? Amen. And you may be seated this morning. It wasn't just the word of God coming through Isaiah that spoke about an intercessor. It would seem to us that God is on a search for individuals whose lives are totally focused on accomplishing his purpose and plan. And Ezekiel, he said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But this epitaph was written over that generation. He said, but I found None. There was no man found that would be willing to stand in the gap. No women rose to the surface. They said that I found no one that was willing to stand in the gap before me and make up the hedge. No one was there that would be willing to, to connect the dots. Nobody was there that would, that would kind of stay the hand of God long enough for his people to accomplish his purpose. What God would have desired to do. He said, I sought for, I looked for, I searched for, but I didn't find it seems to me that God is intentional about finding somebody that would pray about finding somebody that would work about finding someone that would accomplish his will his plan and his purpose and and I'm just believing that God is at work if he gave us this end time promise then I know that he has an end time people that are willing to be that individual that will stand in the gap that will be that individual that says God if you're looking for somebody here I am choose me if you're looking for someone today pick me I'll be willing to go I'll be willing to pray I'll be willing to speak I'll be willing to do your will God if you're looking for somebody here I am here I am prayer is a is a very powerful building block that we find for God's church. We're talking about how God builds the church. And if Jesus said he was building it, then you can be sure that, you know, we talked about some foundational elements that we build the building of the church on last week, what we believe in, and that we understand what we believe. But, but if we were to move beyond the foundation and begin to grow the building that God is calling us to build, you can be sure that a building block that accomplishes the building that God is building one of those building blocks is prayer. Prayer is found from the beginning of Scripture all the way through to the end. James said it like this, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's power when we pray. There's authority when we pray. When we begin to pray, the Bible says that, that things begin to happen and, and uh, you know, we kind of grow in God. We, we learn as we go. It's, it's just the way it works, just the same way as children. You, you watch them grow and, and one of the very first words that they begin to say is no. Why? Because they want their will. They, they want to do what they want to do. Another word, another word that they begin to learn right off really quick is mine. I remember that. Mine. Mine. Mine, because it's about, it's personal, and, and we can kind of look at the, the spiritual walk with God, and, and our beginning uh, steps with God, they're, they're kind of like very personal, it's about us, it's like, well, what can God, we, we love the prayer of Jabez, oh God, bless me indeed, Lord, enlarge my territory, God, put money in the bank, God, give me the raise, God, show me the way to take, give me, give me, give me mine, 
mind. And sometimes our prayer, if we're not careful, uh, your, your, your maturity in God is revealed in your prayer life with God. How, how, you, how you pray reveals the maturity level that you have in God because, because that's how we pray. We, we, and we'll, we'll claim that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We love to claim the scripture. We love to claim the word. But if you'll back up just a bit, James was the New Testament pastor and he had an understanding. There was a maturity that James had. He said, pray one for another. Because we can tend to get caught in the rut of praying all about ourselves, all about me, all about my things, my plan, my will, what I want God to do in my life, what I want God to do in my family, mine, mine, mine. But, but something happens when we allow our prayer to be shifted away from our personal elements and our personal plan and our personal idea and we begin to pray about God-sized plans. When all of a sudden our focus isn't on the man or the woman in the mirror, it's, it's about the window. And we're not looking in the mirror to see what God is doing, but we're turned to the window to say, God, what is it that you want to do in our church? God, what is it that you want to do in our community? God, what is it that you want to do in our city? Anybody hear what I'm talking about for a moment this morning? God, what is it that you want to do in our world today? And something happens when you turn your eyes away from yourself and you begin to see what God wants to do in our world. It's called maturity. It's growth in God. And prayer, you know, prayer is powerful. But prayer is even more powerful when we begin to focus on what's happening outside of our own four walls. You can see it through scripture. Abraham, he got God's attention because of his heart. God had sent an angelic entourage to destroy Sodom because of the sin in that city. It was so terrible. And that angelic entourage, they, they left their way. And in Genesis chapter 18, it said, And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. It said, But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. The angelic host was commissioned to go take care of Sodom. Its sin has come up before me. It's terrible. It's horrible. And, and those angelic beings went to accomplish God's purpose and God's will. But Abraham kind of stayed back and said, God, can we talk about this for a minute? God, can we discuss this for just a few moments? Because, because I know your heart, God. And, and you said that, that you wouldn't destroy the righteous with the wicked. So before we go and lay judgment on Sodom, what if there's 50 righteous individuals in the city? We don't want to lay judgment on them. So if there's 50 righteous, will you stay your hand? And God stayed his hand. And, 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 uh, and Abraham, he searched and, and, and he knew and God knew there wasn't 50. And he said, well, how about 45? And, and we watch as he steps down the ladder of intention and he says, well, what about 40? Or what about 30? What about 20? And he, he comes all the way down. And God, you wouldn't want to destroy the city because of 10 righteous men. Let me tell you what was revealed in the heart of Abraham in that moment. Abraham was an intercessor. Abraham was willing to stand in the gap. Abraham was willing to say, oh, hold on, God, would you, would you just stay your hand because we just have one more that we've got to reach. We, we just have one more family that we're reaching for. We've just got one more backslider that we're calling to. There is hope if we'll reach. God will stay his hand so we can accomplish his kingdom purpose if we're willing to pray. But we've got to be willing to talk to God about it. It wasn't just Abraham. You can find it in the life of Moses. Moses had the law. The law was given, and while God was giving Moses the law, he knew that his people, the Israelites, were breaking his law. 
their sin was great, and, and Moses knew it. And uh, he came before the people, and you can read about it in Exodus 32. And, and, and Moses knows that the sin has to be dealt with. And, and so he lays out the recompense with the people. And, and he, he, you know, he, said, he said to the people, ye have sinned a great sin, Exodus 32 and 30. He said, you've sinned a great sin. But he said, I will now go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sins. He said, let me, I know that your sin is great and you've already broken the law that God gave me. But there was something in the heart of Moses and I, I'm reaching for it this morning. I, I'm trying to step past distractions and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to step past the, the unusual element of 50 people in, the, in this building. And, and I'm trying to step past all those things for a moment because I want that anointing to rest on us for a minute today I, I want that to settle in I want us to to see the heart of Abraham that he was willing to reach just for the sake of 10 men he he wasn't happy with saying well I guess I've got it made on this side of Sodom he wasn't happy to say I, I guess I'm free and clear over here he wasn't happy to say that he said hold on God would you just wait we've got to reach one more and Moses was the same he said well I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go up into the Lord per adventure I shall make an atonement for your sins I, I'm gonna call out to God I'm going to speak with God in your behalf. I'm going to cry out. There's something about burden that will challenge us to reach beyond our... Moses was safe. Moses was with God. Moses was there and he wasn't among the people that were sinning. But he was willing to go to God on behalf of the people that had sinned. And he did. Verse 31, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, if thou wilt, He's pleading with God. God, I'm standing in the gap. I'm, I'm getting in the middle of your righteousness and the people's sinfulness. I'm standing in the middle of your justice and their wrongdoing. I'm standing in the middle. And he said, God, if you'll just forgive them their sin. And then he went on, he said, but if not, if you can't, he said, blot me out, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. He said, oh, I'll stand in the middle, and if you're not willing to forgive the people, then God let me go with the people. He, he had such a heart for the, that humanity. He, he had such a heart for, for the Israelites. He had such a heart for them that he was willing to say, God, if you're going to do away with them, you may as well do away with me too. I, 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 that's a heartbeat after humanity. That's a hunger for God to save. You know, I, I don't recommend, I don't recommend you kind of laying that kind of groundwork out with God, but, but it's there in Scripture for us to see. Moses put himself in the middle. You ever find yourself in the middle? I have. Different times, different situations. You're kind of the go-between. You, you, you feel like you're running back and forth. Sometimes you got to be that. you got to be the mediator. The intercessor is the mediator. stands in between. There, there's two opinions. There's, there's two rulings. There's two judgments. And, and you're kind of in the middle, and you're, you're saying, hang on. Come, let us reason together. That's the heart of God. That, the heart of God, it, 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 it's looking for that in somebody that you'll be willing to stand in the middle and say, come on, let, let's come together on this. People, we got to straighten up. People, we can't sin anymore. Moses was like that. We can't do this anymore. But then he, he was going to God saying, God, these people have sin. We're acknowledging it. We're wrong. We shouldn't have done what we did. But please forgive. 
Has anyone ever stood in the gap for you? I was a twin. I know what it was like to, I know what it was like to be the tattletale. Maybe not all the time, but I remember, oh, mom, like we're talking little kids, all right? Not last year or anything. But it's like, I, I remember kind of saying, oh, you know what Cheyenne did? You know, that's a little, we love, you know, just the, the maturity level. And she probably, well, it probably was because she did the same to me. Jack, you know what I mean? But I also remember having enough heart that when judgment was coming, I'd be like, oh, oh, oh. well, it wasn't all that bad. Let us work together on this. Or, you know, I, I, judgment often came because we were, I remember the, mo, the, mo, the greatest struggle that mom and dad had with us was, well, Cheyenne was like a foot taller than me. And so the only defense I had sometimes was to push back. And Well, I don't reckon, I mean, we're talking when we're like three, four, five, six years old. And she could just pick me up and swing me around. I literally remember heels right out straight in the living room. Her laughing. Didn't know how to deal with that. Didn't know how. And, and then, you know, you, you get in a scuffle. You get into an argument. And mom and dad would step in the room and say, oh, well, that's, that's it. Privilege is gone. And then, and then we both become the intercessor for one another. Hold on, dad. No, no. You're... I know what it was like to be that. I, and, and that doesn't stop. The older you get, sometimes you gotta, you got to stand in the gap. For friends, you got to stand in the gap. For couples, you got to stand in the gap. For individuals that you know, you, you, sometimes you got to be that middleman. Well, well, it's the same in the supernatural realm. God is intending for His church to stand in the middle between Him and the world. And our our intention isn't to push them apart. Our intention isn't to create a greater divide. What we're building, we're not building a wall between. That's not what we're building. We're building a bridge so that we can come across. We're we're building a bridge so that we can stop sinning and so that God can start reaching. We're building a bridge that allows us to come closer to God and that his grace comes nearer to us. That's the kind of work that the, the church does. We're, we're in the middle and we build the bridge. We, we make a way, even, even in the middle of no way, for somebody to come nearer to God. That's what we do. It's about praying one for another. It's about that level, that depth of prayer. You know, prayer, it's been there from the very beginning of time. And then it's there in the early church. Acts 1.14. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. With the women. the Mary, the Mary, And Mary the mother of Jesus. And with his brethren. It was there. The early church prayed. Peter prayed on the rooftop. We know about that. We, we know that Paul prayed. He stopped in the middle of writing. For the church in Ephesus. And he wrote uh, Ephesians 3.14. It says for this cause I bow my knee unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he stopped right up in the middle of his writing. He said I, I just got to pause and pray for Ephesus. He he, the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians, he said, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Rome, 
Romans 1 and 9, he said, For God is my witness that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer for the church at Colossae. Colossians 1 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. But do you see uh, the, the part that binds all this together? It wasn't about prayers that Paul was praying for himself. He could have. He had a list a mile long about what he could pray about for himself. But he was praying for the new believers. He was praying for the churches. He was praying for that foundation to get pushed deep into the soil and for that building to be constructed in Christ that that church would grow into everything that God was intending for them to grow. He wasn't praying for himself. He was praying for them. That's what he was praying about. Stephen prayed in the middle of stoning. Listen to the prayer. They stoned Stephen calling upon God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Listen to what he heard. God turned the rocks around and stoned my stone. No, that's not what he said. He said he kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Lord, don't lay this into their charge. Why? Because he was focused on being an intercessor. God, don't lay this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, his dying prayer wasn't for himself. It was to save the men that were hurling the stones his way. That's the power of intercession. And we know that had an impact on Paul. The power of an intercessor is incredible if we'll release it. Jesus interceded. Luke 22 and 32, we see it in his conversation with Peter. He said, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. He had faith, but he was reaching. He said, Peter, going to be some failure in the future. Peter, there's going to be a fall in the future. Peter, you're going to come against some struggle, some trouble, but I've prayed for you. But watch what happens when we pray for one another. He said that thy faith fail not. And, and there isn't even a question of, of if he makes it. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. Why? Because he knew there was that much power in the prayer that was being prayed. He knew that there was enough power in the prayer that was prayed that Peter wasn't going to fall eternally. Peter wasn't going to have a spiritual fatal fall, but, but that prayer was going to make the difference and the prayer would bring about a Peter that was converted who would strengthen his brethren. Coming back to the music this morning, Luke 13 and 34. We see it. Again, in Jesus, he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and stonest them that are, unto, that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. He prayed for Jerusalem. He prayed for Peter. He prayed for his disciples in John 17. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. power of intercession is there the power of intercession is released through scripture over and over and over again the power the potential is laid out for us in scripture but 
we'll never see the product of intercession unless we begin to pray in intercession. Intercession is the action of God opening our hearts. It's God enlarging our compassion. compassion. It's removing us from the center of our little universe of me. Intercession. Intercession becomes prayer that's prayed for someone you don't even know about a situation that you have no idea about. That's intercession. The Bible tells us that there's going to be times when we don't even know what to pray. But the Spirit makes intercession. I thank God for the, the gifts of the Spirit. I thank God for everything that He does. Those, those speaking gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, when faith is declared and released, and tongues, interpretation of tongues. I'm thankful for all of that. But there's times when that doesn't accomplish what God needs to do. And He said, you're just going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost. And when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit is going to intercede through you to accomplish what you don't even know. You see, intercession means at least three things. Someone say three. Number one, you love people enough to pray for them. You'll intercede. You love them enough that you'll pray for them. Two, you'll believe that your prayers will make a difference. It's not just empty words going into empty air. It's power-packed prayer that ascends into the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who holds all authority in his hand and when we pray that prayer you know that it ascends into that throne room and God dispenses angels and God dispatches angelic individuals and God moves with his almighty hand you believe that your prayer is going to make the difference and finally number three you believe that God will do exactly what he promised if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then I'll hear. You believe that? Enough to pray the prayer that God will turn it around. That is what happens when we pray intercessory prayers. We've got to understand that when we have the king's ear, we can ask him to exercise his authority. So come on, Esther, rise up. You're here in the kingdom. You're here at CCC. You're here watching online in 2021 for such a time as this. And God is looking. I would say that God is searching for someone that would be willing to pray intercessory prayer. He's searching for a man. He's searching for a woman that would be willing to stand in the gap. If God is going to grow and build this church in 2021, then he can't do it without intercessors. So rise up, Esther. Others may not because they can. They don't have what you have. They don't know what you know. They aren't purposed, they're not positioned, and they're not empowered. But you are! So go before the king because you can. And Mordecai's words ring down through history. If you don't, God will raise someone up who will. I want to be a part of the solution today. I want to be part of the solution. We've talked about that for a pandemic, but, but I wonder if we could be part of the solution for prayer. I wonder if we could be part of the solution and not part of the problem. If God is looking, I, I wonder if his gaze as it passes over 
countries and nations and continents. I wonder if it stops in that little corner of our continent, New Brunswick. I wonder if he kind of zeroes in 71 Downing Street in Fredericton. He says, right there, I found what I'm looking for. Like Esther, you don't know. Your prayer for others may result in salvation for you. For you, it's, it, you know, prayer like that, intercessory prayer is kind of like humility. The moment you think you have it, you don't. Prayer for others, genuine prayer for others ends up happening when that heart is in the right place and God's will is being accomplished through you. It, it may be a prayer that's prayed in the spirit and you can't even take the credit for it because you don't know what you prayed. That's a beautiful thing about the Holy Ghost. You can't take credit because you didn't even know. But God's accomplishing the work. He just needs a vessel, someone that's willing to pray that prayer. It was Job who suffered great loss. He got sidetracked by self. He may have had a few woe is me moments when the boils broke out, when his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? When his friends sat around and said, Job, there's sin in your life. Why don't you tell us about it? And he said, I don't have sin in my life. So he may have had a few woe is me moments in that time. He may have prayed a little bit for Job. He may have been sidetracked, but scripture tells us that he got on track. Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And God wasn't, or Job wasn't just trusting in God for himself. See, this is the turning point. If I can just have your attention online, if I could have your attention in the room, if I could have your attention in our other building. It says that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. When he interceded. When he wasn't, uh, got, he didn't have all the mirrors up. He didn't have all the lenses pointed in his direction. He didn't have all the cameras zoomed in on his circumstance. He, he, he may have been there at the ash heap. He may have been covered in burlap and boils. He may have been covered with all that stuff. He, he may have had the pity of everybody that was walking by. But let me tell you something about Job. He trusted God enough in that moment that he was willing to stand up. He's willing to push the few dogs away that were licking his sores. He, he was willing to say, uh, wife, you're going to have to be a little quiet right now because you're not willing. I need to be I'm not about to curse God I'm about to bless God and and God turned the captivity of Job not when he prayed for himself but he began to pray for his friends he began to pray for the individuals that were around him that didn't know what he know Job turned his own captivity when he was attempting to turn the captivity of somebody around him that's what happens when you pray intercessory prayer without even realizing it. You're praying so intently and so purposely that God would intervene and that God would act for somebody else that while you're not even noticing it, the angels of the Lord are encamping around you. Your circumstance is changing. Your situation is trans transferring it. It's just becoming a brand new place and God's turning your own captivity when you're praying about the captivity of somebody else it's right there in scripture that's the way that God works and I want to see God work that way so are there any, any intercessors in the room this morning we need intercessors we need intercessors about what's happening in our world we need it to be more than just headlines on our newspaper. We need it to be more than just a, a headline that blips across our screen. We need to become impassioned, burdened, and 
Come on, we need to pray intercessory prayer about what's happening in our world, that the plague would be stayed. It said that Aaron got hot coals off the altar and he ran in between the camp of Israel. And it said that the plague was stayed. Let me tell you why. Because Aaron, that, that censer represents prayer. It comes off of a hot altar of prayer and he runs between Israel and the plague stops. Because Aaron's willing to run with a burden. He's willing to run and be the intercessor. He's willing to run and stay the hand in the plague of God and allow healing to come and deliverance to come. It can happen if we're willing to let God work that way. God's looking for someone could you stand together with me we have the promises shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear along with them I tell you he will avenge them speedily that's the promise but the question is still there that searching heart of God he said nevertheless when the son of man cometh shall he find faith in the earth on the earth Will he find it? That searching Savior is still looking. The searching Savior that, Savior that found you. The searching Savior that reached you, your family. The searching Savior that turned your life around is still searching for you to become the intercessor. Will he find faith? Is there someone that still believes God for revival? Is there someone that still believes, still, come on, still has that faith to say, God, I'm trusting that you're going to do everything that you're promised. Is that, is that here? Is there an intercessor that's willing to pray because you believe that God can? Is there an intercessor that, that's willing to pray? because you know you saw God do it for so and so but you have enough faith to believe he's not he's no respecter of persons he's going to do it for me <laughs> will he find faith he will we'll say it brother Graham he's it's become his life source of her, uh, quote he says no prayer no power little prayer little power much prayer, much power. I'd remind CCC today, prayer synchronizes our will with God's will. It synchronizes our plans with God's plan, God's pattern, God's purpose. Scripture says, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. So no prayer, we're not connected. No power. No prayer, no productivity, no prayer, no purpose, no prayer, no plans. I mean, we're talking about God's plans here this morning. No prayer, no power. It's right there. But church, if we will pray, if we're going to be a part of that end time revival, it can't come outside of prayer. Watch every major revival. Look at it through the lens of history. You'll find it happened in prayer meetings. It happened in prayer rooms. It happened where individuals began to call in the name of the Lord and something overtook it. Prayer become the priority. Prayer become, prayer become everything that mattered. Prayer connected them with God's plan. And when you get connected with God's plan, you release God's power. You release God's purpose. You release God's will. But God is looking He's just looking for one intercessor this morning.
Will you be one? We, we, we need to, to build a plan for prayer into our day. We need to build a plan for prayer into our week. We need to build a plan for prayer in our families. I, I, some of you have the privilege of being home right now. I say privilege. I say problem, but you know, we're, we're focusing on the good this morning. So why don't you grab some paper, grab a pen, and why don't you just pen a time this week when you can pray together as a family. I mean, not good Lord, good meat, good God, let's eat. I mean, intentional. It may start with five minutes. It may start with 10 minutes. It may step up the ladder to 15 or 20. I, it may, but how many would just say, I'm going to be intentional about prayer because prayer, prayer is part of that power that God uses to accomplish his purpose in me. Final scripture this morning. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Say it with me. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We don't even know what God wants to do. But we will if we open the door to prayer. Thank you for your attention this morning, but I wonder if we could close this lesson today in a full example of what God's talked to us for a few moments about this morning. Wherever you are, would you just lift your voice together? Lord, there is no key that we have that can unlock the door quicker to what you want to do in us, in our family, in our city. Then prayer, God, that is the only avenue that we have. Lord, we're reminding ourselves about what authority rests waiting to be employed, what authority you have that rests waiting to be released. But it's impossible, God, to leverage that authority if we don't pray. So, Father, I ask that you would, one more time, if it's encouraging someone today because they have a prayer life, I thank you for that. If it's challenging someone today because they just slipped a little in the midst of everything that's happening. They got cold. They got wayward. They got stale. They, they got confused. They got frustrated. They got hurt. Whatever it is, God, whatever it is that's come between them and their time with you, you're looking this morning. You're searching for somebody to make up the gap. God, to stand to mediate God, to intercede, to intercede for our church, to intercede for our city, God, to intercede for our pastors, God, to intercede for our families, to intercede for our world. Give us your heart, we pray this morning. Lord, I'm asking that these simple words would remind somebody in the waking hours tomorrow God, let them 
Let them wake before their alarm even wakes them and remind them of what opportunity is available through prayer. Feel your presence right now, Lord. I thank you for that. Because I know it's not restricted to this room. But would you move? Would you touch? God, would you strengthen? God, would you burden us for a world that needs you today, I pray. Can we make it a part of our closing prayer? Let's sing it.